you to open your Bibles now to the Gospel of Matthew and to the fourth chapter where we will begin reading in verse 12. Matthew 4, 12 through 23. Now when Jesus heard that John had been taken into custody, he withdrew into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and settled in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light, and those who were sitting in the land and shadow of death, upon them a light dawned. From that time Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. Father, thank you for this word about your son and his calling his invitation in this passage, and we pray as we look at it that you will speak to us, that you will help us to hear and to heed your invitation, your calling in our lives. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. So we've been considering some of the Bible's great invitations, come and see, come see the place where he was lying Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Come with us, and we will do you good. And today, in Matthew 4.19, we come to this marvelous invitation from Jesus to a group of professional fishermen along the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, follow me, and in the same way that you have been catching fish, I will train you to catch people for the Lord. I will train you to preach the gospel, whereby men, women, girls, and boys are brought to God. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, Matthew tells us that these were Jesus' words to the first pair of brothers in verses 18 and 19, and I think it's safe to assume when we read in verse 21 of Jesus calling the second pair of brothers that the call to them was probably very much the same as to the first. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, these four men in the passage today, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, were all to become Apostles. They were to be among that group of men who were called as Jesus' first and unique 
fishers of men. So these are unique men with a special calling. And yet, while these men were called to be apostles, while they were to be unique among Jesus' fishers of men, yet the calling to fish for men is not itself unique. For Jesus is still calling people to fish for men today, isn't he? Still today, Jesus is calling men to leave their nets, to leave their boats, to leave their secular employment, and to follow him into full-time gospel ministry, to make their life's work in the fishery of souls. And maybe there will be men or boys in this very room this morning, or maybe listening later online, whom Christ is calling, or whom he will call, to follow him in just that way, into full-time gospel labors. Maybe this message will be part of that call. May God, if that is you, give you the grace to joyfully respond and to leave behind whatever you must to heed his summons. But then we should also know that the call to follow Christ and to be made fishers of men is not unique to full-time gospel ministers. Yes, Peter, Andrew, James, and John were called here to fish for men full-time, and so are many gospel ministers today. But the call to follow Christ, the call to be made a fisher of men in following Christ, is not limited to those whom Jesus is asking to do so full-time. Because Jesus' call, follow me, is to be issued to all people everywhere, is it not? All people everywhere are to hear this call of Jesus, follow me. And all those who heed that call, it seems to me, must be prepared to be trained and deployed in the fishery. All who heed this call, all who follow Jesus, must be prepared to catch men for God with the good news of his Son. And so I want to apply this great invitation this morning, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I want to apply this call of Christ to all of us today in our various spheres. And I want to proceed now under three headings, three things that we should consider here, beginning, first of all, with the following. The following. I want you to notice here that Jesus doesn't just invite these men to become fishers of men. He doesn't just invite them into the fishery of souls. He doesn't just say to them, come and take up the calling of gospel ministry. He is inviting them to that, of course, but he is inviting them to something else, something even more foundational. Did you notice that? The call here is not, first of all, to fish, but to follow. The call is not, first of all, in verse 19, to fish, but to follow. Follow me. That's the first thing. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. The following precedes the fishing. The following is prerequisite to the fishing. Indeed, notice that it is in following that you learn to fish. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. It's in following that you will become a fisherman. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, Jesus says, and I will make you fishers of men. But the first thing is that you follow me. So Jesus doesn't just sign these men up for a career of fishing, but for a lifetime of following. Now, of course, for these men, for the first three years, following Jesus meant literally, physically following him around Judea and Galilee as he taught and ministered. But, of course, it meant more than just physically following him geographically, right? 
Because when Jesus calls these men to follow him, what he's doing is he's calling them to discipleship. He's calling them to be his pupils. He's calling them to sit at his feet as learners, to imitate him and model their lives after his own, to become apprentices, to follow him, in other words, not just geographically and physically, but to follow him as their master teacher. And that sort of following would last their entire lives. Now again, as these men follow him, Jesus will make them fishers of men. But the call here is not first of all to fishing, but to following, to discipleship. And you know, it's the same order of things as we listen to Christ's call today. We are going to talk about fishing for men, and we must talk about fishing for men. But in order to be fishers of men, we must first be followers of Christ. Follow me, he says and I will make you fishers of men. And one thing that certainly means is that if you're to become a fisher of men, you need first to come to Christ and become a Christian yourself. I'm going to speak to you this morning about the task of urging others to come to Christ, about the task of trying to pull others into his boat, but I must first urge you, if you've never come to Christ yourself, to do that first of all this morning, to follow him, first of all this morning. And not only because it is as you follow Jesus, verse 19, that he will make you into someone who can successfully bring others into the boat with you, but also I say you must follow Christ first of all this morning because it would be a shame if you went about urging others into Christ's boat but never set foot in it yourself. And so I urge you this morning, if you're here and you are as yet an unbeliever, heed this primary call of Christ before you do anything else. Follow me, he says, and I urge you to do it. But then once you do, or if you already have begun to follow Christ, it's important to really notice what the metaphor of following means. To follow Christ is not simply to come to him and ask him to forgive your sins and to make you right in God's sight and to grant you a home in heaven, although he does grant us all those things as free gifts when we come to him in repentance and faith. Praise God. But Christ's call is not simply to come and receive his free gifts, but also to follow him, to become his disciple, to learn from him, to imitate him, to obey him. Not in order to earn right standing in God's sight, which is given freely, but because you've come to love the Savior and to take him as your king and you want to obey and you want to follow and you want to imitate and you want to learn. Those who truly take Christ as Savior also take him as Lord. Those who come to Christ and receive his free gifts are also people who are ready to follow him. And if you have truly come to Christ, then you have begun to follow him. And I just urge you this morning from our text that it is in this following, that it is in this discipleship, this learning, this obeying, this imitating, that Jesus makes us fishers of men. Not to say we can't or shouldn't share Christ from the very moment that we're converted to him. We should. But we will grow in our skill in the fishery We will grow in our skill and our ability to draw people by the word with the help of the Spirit to Christ as we follow Christ. 
as we fellowship with Christ, as we become more like Christ, as we learn from Christ. It is in spending time with Jesus, in following him as his disciples, as his apprentices, that he will mold us into the Christ-like character and into the Christ-like concern for souls, which are so necessary for the most fruitful evangelism. Robert Murray McShane, that great godly pastor of the 19th century, said this concerning gospel ministers, it is not great talents that God blesses so much as great likeness to Jesus. And that is true not only of ministers but of us all. And that likeness to Jesus, which leads to successful fishing for men, will come as we heed Jesus' command to follow him. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Following fits us for fishing. Sitting at Jesus' feet fits us, prepares us for sending forth his gospel. And it's also as we sit at the feet of Jesus, as we follow him, that we will learn more and more the content of the gospel, which is so vital if we're to share it. And that we will learn from him the methods of sharing the good news that he reveals to us on the pages of scripture. And methods are important. And so it's imperative that we not merely fish, but that we follow. That we not merely share Christ, but that we are disciples of Christ. That we not only try and lead others to Jesus, but that we learn from Jesus ourselves. That we become like Jesus ourselves. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Fishing for men is not the only upshot of following Jesus, but it is one. And surely we will grow in it best the closer we follow. So I just want to urge you this morning, before we talk more directly about the fishing, I want to urge you in the first place to make sure you are following, to make sure that you are a disciple of Jesus, and then to make sure that you are taking time to really be with him, learn from him, follow him, become like him. But then secondly, let's look not only at the following, but also the fishing, The fishing. In issuing this call, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, Jesus is letting us in on the fact that proclaiming the gospel, persuading people to follow Christ, urging them to come to the Savior, shares some similarity with fishing. These four men, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, have been involved in the commercial fishery, and for James and John at least, it seems to have been the family business in verse 21. But now they're being called into a new calling. But it is a calling that will be undertaken in some way along similar lines to their previous one. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So what are the similarities between fishing and fishing for men? I'll give you a couple of them. One thing is to note that like these commercial fishermen on the Sea of Galilee... Fishing for men requires a net. And we have a net to work with, don't we? We have a net, just like these men had a net in their boat. Here are Peter and Andrew in verse 18, casting a net into the sea, casting this instrument into the sea that is calculated to bring up fish from the water. 
And we have an instrument like that too, don't we? We have a net, don't we, that is calculated by God to bring men out of the water of their sin and into the safety of Christ's boat, out of darkness and into his marvelous light. What is that net? Well, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel is the power of God to bring people out of darkness and into light, out of the murky water of their sin and into Christ. The gospel is the net whereby men and women, boys and girls, are caught for God. The good news of Jesus is the powerful instrument by which every sort of person may be fished for and may be caught and saved by and for Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Praise God we have a net like that, right? Praise God we are not forced to try and figure out some method on our own for getting fish into the boat. And praise God that unlike the nets dropped into the Sea of Galilee in verse 21, this net never needs to be mended. The gospel remains as strong and intact today as it did when Jesus proclaimed it here in verse 23. And when these apostles went out proclaiming it themselves, and when God himself first announced it back all the way in Genesis 3.15, it is still the power of God for salvation. The gospel, the gospel, the message that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, the fact that he went about doing good and that he was tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin, the proclamation that he loved the church and gave himself up for her, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, the news that he has risen and that he was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, the announcement that he is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as a prince and a savior, the preaching of new life and forgiveness and justification and adoption and sanctification and eternal life in Jesus' name, the heralding that he is coming again to judge the living and the dead and to make all things new. This gospel, which I've been summarizing, is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Like the fishermen on Galilee, we have a net calculated to bring men, women, girls, and boys to the surface and to God. Let us be sure that we use it, brothers and sisters. And then the other similarity that I will mention between these two fisheries, between fishing and fishing for men, is that in the words of my historical hero, Thomas Boston, God must drive the fish into the net. We have a net Praise God in the gospel, and God must drive the fish into the net. Thinking about Luke chapter 5, where Peter and his partners worked hard all night and caught nothing, Boston wrote the following about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He it is that brings sinners into the net which ministers spread. And if he be not with them to drive the fish into the net, they may toil all the night and day too and catch nothing. Oh, my soul, then see that gifts will not do the business. A man may preach as an angel and yet be useless. If Christ withdraw his presence, all will be to no purpose. 
Mere labor, Boston says, even well-performed labor, will not by itself prevail in this matter of catching men. And that's true in every area of life, isn't it? Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord grants rain, the farmer's toil will be in vain. Unless the Lord drives fish into the net, the fishermen will fish in vain. And unless the Lord, by his Spirit, opens hearts to the gospel, men and women, girls and boys, will not believe. We need God to come and do for people what he did for Lydia in Acts 16, to open their hearts to receive his word, to receive his gospel. The gospel itself is the power of God for salvation. Don't mistake that. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. But we need the Spirit of God to wield that power along with us in a way that we cannot wield it by ourselves. So as to open people's hearts to believe. So as to woo the fish into the net. And that means we ought to pray alongside our proclamation of the gospel. Farmers pray for rain. While they work, I suppose that a wise fisherman also beseeches the Lord of the harvest to drive fish into his net. And surely we must pray as we seek to catch men. Men are harder to catch than fish. And so if a fisherman prays for a catch of fish, then surely we ought to pray God's help when we cast our net in search of a far more elusive species. We cannot catch Men, apart from the direct intervention of God by his Holy Spirit, opening their hearts like Lydia's to receive his truth. So then just as a fisherman needs a net, and then whether he knows it or not, just as he needs God to drive the fish into the net, so we need the net, and so we need God to drive the fish into it. We need the gospel in order to catch fish And we need God to do with the gospel what we, laboring in our own strength, could never do. We need the Spirit to take the gospel in His hands as well and draw men, women, girls, and boys into the net. We need the Word, and we need the Spirit working through the Word to open men's hearts to believe. So then, we've considered the following in this text, and we've thought about the fishing. And then finally, let's think about the fish, the fish themselves. And the fish, in this case, are, of course, people. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, fishers of people. And I just want to point out here that these fishermen here in Matthew 4 are getting quite the promotion, aren't they? There was nothing wrong with their catching fish, of course. It was and is an honorable profession. It's also a happy pastime. But fish are caught, and nameless, voiceless, soulless, they are brought up in the net and sold at the market and eaten on someone's dinner table, and then they go out as waste. But the people that, are, the people that we are pursuing with the gospel the people that we are casting the net of the gospel over in hopes of bringing them to Christ have names and have voices and have souls and have stories and have hopes 
and have the capacity for intelligent worship, and they will live forever, either enjoying God's bliss or under his wrath. These men would now be catching beings made in the very image of God, and they wouldn't be catching them merely to be consumed and forgotten like fish, but to glorify and enjoy God forever. And that's what we are doing, brothers and sisters, when we fish for men, when we share the gospel, when we invite people to Christ. We're catching men, the very crown of God's creation, and we are catching them for their own eternal good, and we are catching them for Almighty God. And that's a great motive, isn't it? I would love to have been there that day when the disciples had worked hard all night and caught nothing, and when Jesus told them to put out into the deep water and try again, and when the catch was so great that their nets began, began to break. I would love to have been there to have seen that. But how much more thrilling to have been there on the day of Pentecost when Peter let down the gospel net and caught 5,000 men with one sermon. Or even how much greater to have been there on some other occasion, perhaps when one of these four men shared the gospel with just one individual and saw that one person come to Christ. How much greater to have been there that day when the Lord opened Lydia's Lydia's heart in Philippi. How much greater to be there that day when you or I share the gospel and see God open someone's eyes and then come to faith in Christ. Such is the value of the human soul, right? People are more valuable than many sparrows and more precious than a whole lake full of fish. Let's remember that, brothers and sisters. We may be and we must be involved in a great many things, but let us not forget in the midst of it all the high, high calling of fishing for men, women, boys, and girls created in the image of God and who will live forever somewhere. Follow me, says Jesus. Learn from me. Imitate me. Become my disciples and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Casting forth the net of the gospel and seeking and finding the help of my spirit to take the power of the gospel into his hands also and to woo the fish into the net. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Catching for God the very crown of his creation in the soul's of people made in his image. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men.